Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 22. This Christmas is now over, and the NHL is coming back today to do COVID testing, which should be very interesting. I don't know what to expect, but I guess I got to start this podcast off with asking Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm very full. I've eaten a lot of food over the last few days, being the holidays and all. When I allow myself to indulge a little bit more. Well, you know what? No, that's a lie. I, I pretty much always indulge. It's never good. But uh, I feel a little bit better about it because it is the holidays. And yeah, like you said, NHL teams are going to come back to their practice facilities today to do some testing and uh, after the holidays. So yeah, tentatively right now, uh, the league had pushed postponement a day until the 28th. Uh, we'll see what happens after today. You know, we'll see if uh, there's a, a few possible outcomes to this, but I most likely suspect, uh, based on just the way things are escalating, uh, news will not be good, and it will most likely push the opening uh, up to the, se- the reopening to the season back further. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess we're gonna see it leak out on social media in in, in due time. Yeah, and it's you know it's funny, and we were talking about this you know when we weren't recording. But the New York Rangers have actually been pretty lucky in terms of COVID, you know the COVID outbreaks. Uh, you know, you look at the you know teams like the New York Islanders, who at one point were just completely decimated. Uh, you know, Toronto was, and Detroit was, and it just just so many teams that were hit so hard. And you know, it, it's kind of surreal that this is happening when we really haven't had to talk about it at all being a New York Rangers podcast, we've, you know, been, you know, one of the luckier teams, I think, in the league. Uh, Tenorti, I think you said, was the only real player to, you know, maybe test hot. Um, I, I know, so. I know we had like a Strom scare, but I don't even know if that was really, they never actually like officially announced whether he had COVID or not. It was kind of just a protocol and he didn't really miss too much time. So yeah, yeah the Rangers got, you know, pretty lucky uh, so far. Uh, we'll see what, you know, this month brings it's, you know, New York city is a hotbed right now. And, you know, hopefully the Rangers, you know, did the right thing, kept to themselves, didn't go out and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be ready to go against 
I believe they have the Florida Panthers on December 29th since their game against Detroit has been uh, postponed. Um, But since we last spoke, Andy, I think it's officially official that it's official that the players are not going to the Olympics, which means they have actually quite a few weeks, pretty much the month of February, to make up all these postponed games. Uh, You know, are you happy that they're going to be pushing these games to February and now we don't have to go an entire month without New York Rangers hockey? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's very disappointing that, again, the NHL uh, will not be participating uh, in best-on-best competition, especially the Olympics, because it is a good grower for the game of hockey. But, you know, listen, it's I don't think anyone everyone, I don't think anyone thinks it's the wrong choice. I just think it's regrettable we're in the situation. As far as then having this time to make up games, it's obviously good because the way it was going with so many postponements, a lot of uh, canceled games were going to get tacked on or shoehorned in at the during the home stretch when points are oh so hard to come by and very important because teams are making their final push. So it's nice to have a little bit of space. Obviously, a lot of it's contingent on whether or not the buildings for each individual team isn't booked up. But uh, again, the way things are going and February being a pretty cold month, you at least hope that there's some available some building availability for these teams to make up their games. Um, you know, and uh, I there's listening to uh, Merrick and uh, Elliot Friedman talk about it. They, you know, they, they have floated the idea that there's talk that if they can't get good building availability, there might even be the possibility of like neutral site makeup games, but they're clearly not. That's just like a last uh, contingency if, if need be, but, or at least trying to figure out a way to, cut off the threshold fairly for all the teams but uh yeah i mean it's definitely good in a sense that you now have all that time to either if you're a, i guess i look at it two ways you if you're a team that has missed a lot of games or has had your games postponed it kind of just normalized your schedule which is good but if you're a team that's only been fortunate to miss a couple of games i mean you could if you have any momentum going into that time and then you have a lot of downtime. Uh, yes, it's good to get healthy, but at the same time, it's also good to work work your team out of the rhythm it might be in. But Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, getting healthy is obviously important. I mean, the, uh, I mean, it was going to happen anyway because it was just players would be at the Olympics. But now, you know, there's not risk of a to John Tavares type situation where you, they go over there and they get hurt, and it, pretty much they're out the rest of the season. Um, you know, I guess Jack Eichel might feel better about it because it's like he thought he was going to miss his only chance and now no one's going. So I guess he doesn't feel as bad. He can get healthy and who knows, maybe he'll be ready to to at least uh, take practices following the Olympic, you know, the scheduled Olympic break. And like I said, it gives it does give those teams, some teams just a chance to really get healthy again. So um, but yeah, I mean, I do want to everyone's kind of been harping on it, but I do think with this being the case, I think that we should see a World Cup of hockey when it, when it's safe to do so in in quotes sooner rather than later because you know how it's been so long since best on best competition um, for hockey and I think those are the type of events that really do put put some eyes on uh, yeah you know, on hockey outside of just the NHL fans and the NHL uh, you know I don't know what you want to call it bubble <laughs> you know for lack of a better term. So everyone talks about TJ Sochi and, 
USA versus Canada in Vancouver. It was, you know, this was something that you were going to have a lot of extra eyes on you. And now they've gone eight years without. So, uh, yeah, I think that's this is obviously a topic for another podcast. But, uh, yeah, you would hope that they can try to remake or at least rekindle some of that uh, Olympic magic in some way, shape or form uh, when it's safe to do so in the future. Yeah, there's a couple points I kind of wanted to bring up uh, to you about this, because I like the World Cup of Hockey. I think they that's something they should do every few years. Um, are you a, an, a, would you rather the Olympics or would you rather the players participate in a World Cup of Hockey? Um, you know, it's I'm of two minds of this and I, I know it's a cop out, but I enjoy obviously what uh, the Olympics has going for it is the prestige element and that the fact that, you know, it's being presented in a different format and it's getting eyes on it that all of a sudden people pretend to care about hockey. Everyone who doesn't, you know, cause we hockey fans, we all suffer from please like my sport so much. Uh, and it's like the one, the one time where people like your parents who, if your, you know, your mom doesn't watch hockey, will mention something about it or an uncle who's not really a fan. Um, you know, or just the general, just reading about it in the general pop in, in, in gen pop and just the paper and on the news and stuff. And uh, Jesus, in the paper, I'm really dating myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, there's also you, there's a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, I guess you get a lot of like blowout games and the time slots are strange, con- you know, or I say strange, but the time spots might be difficult to watch based on where that said Olympics is taking place. Whereas when you do a world cup of hockey, uh, like you can really have fun with it. I mean, everyone loves to this day, team North America was so cool. Uh, taking, instead of having a bunch of countries that maybe on their own, just couldn't com- ice a competitive roster, putting uh, team Europe together who ended up going to the finals was really cool. Um, yeah, and it just it's just more competitive and it's can when you do it that way you can really set it up to uh yeah, you can really set it up to be as competitive and fun. And that last World Cup of Hockey was a lot of fun and I think the NHL did a very good job of presenting it in a way that was different from its regular broadcast. Like you remember they had the whether it was the the jerseys that were a little bit more out there and then they had the um uh, you know, the special board, like the graphics, 3D graphics on the boards and stuff like, yeah, that was, I thought it was really cool. And obviously that was a very successful tournament for them, I think. So and I loved it. So I think once you get over the fact that it doesn't have some of the elements I mentioned with uh, from the prestige aspect, I maybe I think I lean towards World of Cup of Hockey more just because it's definitely catered. But that, I say that as someone who is already a hockey fan, and it's definitely catered towards hockey fans, whereas obviously just the Olympics are going to have more eyes on it. And it's kind of cool to feel like everyone else is kind of swept up in this thing, whereas the other one might maybe I enjoy watching the hockey more, but I also know it's a little bit more. It's not going to reach as far. So I think that's the, the trade off. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I'm, I'm more of a World Cup of hockey guy if I had to cho- choose between the two. And I say that only because if you look at how the Olympics would be set up, there's only, I feel like, a few teams that are really competing for a gold medal. You know, it's going to be like the Sweden, Canada, U.S., Russia, and, and then, you know, Finland, you know, it depends on the year. 
but I feel like you might get like a random, you know, Finland team that will be able to compete. Not that like those teams are like not competitive, but overall, I think just like compared to a team like a Canada, it's it's basically Canada's to lose, and you got to hope that you know someone has a, a good enough team to be able to beat them. So that's that's you know that's kind of my take on it, and I could be absolutely completely wrong in my analysis of that. But a World Cup of hockey, you know, having a team Europe and having a team North America, like with the young guns, I, I kind of like that. And then you still have the Canada team, you still have the U.S. team, and it, they're you know they're still they're still like the you know the major European teams. So you know, overall, I just feel like the the quality of hockey each team is such is so much more competitive compared to an Olympic tournament and. I, you know, maybe it's just because there hasn't been an Olympics in such a long time with NHL players that I'm just, I've, my interest in it has kind of, you know, dwindled and, and been evaporated. But uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely more of a World Cup of hockey. And, and you know, I, I had another question, Andy, like we live in, it's going to be 2022. And, uh, you know, I know you still might, apparently from your comments, reading newspapers, you might still get your milk delivered. I don't know. but. uh you know, it's 2022. Does like obviously the Winter Olympics run through the you know NHL season? Like basketball has the same exact season, but they play in the Summer Olympics. You know, we live in a world where you don't need it to be freezing cold to have an ice surface. You can actually play hockey in the summer. If you know, in case you're wondering, why don't they just move? the hockey to the summer Olympics and just do it then instead of like dealing with this chaos, dealing with pausing the NHL season. I don't think anyone's going to lose sleep over, Oh, it's the summer Olympics. I really can't get into hockey. It's like, come on. Really? I feel like more people would watch because more people are out. You know, you might, you know, be going to restaurants a little bit later. You can watch the Olympics. You know, I, I feel like, you know, more people would probably watch, you know, hockey during the summer Olympics than they would in like the winter time. I don't know, especially because you're competing against football playoffs. It's just there's too many distractions in the winter. I mean, you're absolutely right. And first off, no, I do not get my milk <laughs> delivered. I have a uh, a cow tied up in my basement. Oh, okay. and second, second, uh, yeah, you know, because hockey originally was a summer in the summer. Olympics, yes, it moved. Then it moved, and I don't know. It's one of those things where they then made some some weird rule where it's like hockey, you know, anything involving ice was going to be, I mean, I understand for the, for branding purposes, why you play it in the winter. Right. Makes sense. But, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. And as far as the IOC goes, I don't know for them. I think at the end of the day, I don't really know what their, where their loyalties lie. I guess it, is hockey that big of a needle mover for them that they're going to make a, spec- a special exemption to move it back to the summer? Uh, I, I don't know. I really don't. I don't know if because they just get so many eyes anyway, and they have so many, you know, obviously in the Winter Olympics, hockey and figure skating are their two, uh, mar- you know, their two marquee mat draws, right? Um, yeah. Because, you, know, you know, I don't think many people are watching you know, you might have it on the background. There might be curling and bobsledding and uh, free style skiing and all this or cross country skiing. But those are the those are the ones that people watch. They watch uh, 
you know, figure skating and, and hockey. Um, I obviously would love to have it at least, even if it's just a one-time thing, but I just don't know. You know, I think when they're, they're looking at future sites for games, then now you have to add, there has to be a rink involved. Uh, I don't know if that's kind of a, what makes it difficult then is that another thing to try to factor in because you're trying to find a place that will have or at least an Olympic uh, city that will have, you know, it, where now you need a diving facility, you know, a facility with pools, a facility for diving, uh, an ice rink. You know, I, I, th- I don't know if that's what would make it difficult, but yeah, I mean, I guess there's no reason they really can't do it. It's just, again, I don't know. It might just be one of those things where they're just chalking it up to, well, we're going to still have ice hockey and it's just not going to be best on best. It's going to be, or the NHL is not coming. So it'll just be, again, you assume that Russia will most likely run away with it uh, unless you have another team, like a scrappy German team that, you know, can uh, push them. But if if KHL pros are going to go, then I, most likely Russia is going to take it. Uh but, you know, who knows? I guess we'll see. Obviously, then much has been made of, well, then send like the world junior team. But again, if you even you could take some of the best world junior teams, if you put them up against, you know, KHL pros, they're going to they're going to lose. It's just it is what it is. Um, But yeah, I I don't see a reason why it couldn't get moved to the summer. I just for whatever reason, I don't I don't really think the IOC is going to wants to move things they just they're kind of setting their ways they're still going to put on you know there will still be olympic hockey just the nhl will not be involved in it and again there's all sorts of weird things when it comes to you know uh the nhl paying the ioc and all this other things and so or or player insurance which i know has been an issue in the past so maybe it's this actually i haven't looked into this but i don't know if this makes it um the nhl not being involved i don't know if that makes it uh the insurance payout easier. So who knows? I just, again, I, it could be done. I just, for some reason, I just don't feel like it's going to be done. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm just so, it, they just need to make a decision. Are we going to do yeah. this from here on out? Or are we just going to every single, you know, every time the Olympics rolls around, we're going to play this game six months leading up to the games. And then someone's going to pull out or someone's going to say, you know, we struck a deal where they're not going to be going. It's just it's so it's like dumb. I I I feel like really hockey fans, honestly. I I know that I know it's a majority of the people are like the majority of the fans are split. Obviously, some people really want them to go, and some people don't really feel the need that they should go. Listen, this year was obviously with COVID a different story, a different narrative. I think most fans would have appreciated an Olympic break, but overall, I mean. I just, I don't, I don't care. Just make a decision like, and and let that be the policy from here on out. Like, why do we have to play this game every single time? That's more annoying than the NHL players just not going at all. I'd rather it be that way. So that's just my, my two cents. Um, And then, you know, if you know who you're going to send just from here on out, we'll just send college and junior players that are eligible to play like 18 and over. That's it. Like, and you, you're not, you're not under an NHL contract and that's who you, you get to pick from. And if we lose every game, 10, nothing, then we lose every game, 10, nothing. Everyone knows it's really not the best tournament, the hockey tournament out there because you don't have the best players in the world playing in it. It's an am- amateur tournament. So let whatever it is, it is. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't have anything else on 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 that, Andy. Obviously, uh, a World Cup of Hockey, I think, would be a lot of fun, only because those teams are. I, I feel like the tournament in general is just so much more competitive. Uh, the the one thing that I I will say is that, like a team with North America, I want it to be. I want it to be like the Young Guns. I, I I think they need to keep that because I think that's so much fun. Even though there are players that would make their respective countries team i really do think team north america getting all the younger stars is such a cool narrative to have and if you're trying to grow the game i think more casual fans will be like wait team north america who's on this and then you know they look like oh it's all the young good young guys and then you get attached to those names and you might you know follow them in their respective nhl careers and when you know they hit age they get to play for their respective countries i think that's a, such a cool thing that that the World Cup of Hockey has that uh, yeah. they should definitely do and keep. Yeah, and you remember, obviously, Team North America was the best young players from uh, Canada and the United States. It would be interesting if they just made it like a Team Young Guns where it was all around the world. So, uh, yes, I mean, Kaprizov is is older than we think, so he's like twenty, already twenty four or something like that. But uh, so he wouldn't make it. But yeah, it would be cool. I mean. You know, then then a player, maybe a player like Capo Caco could would be included or, you or know, do one just from like Europe, like a Europe Young Guns team. Yeah, that would be good, too, because, uh, again, I haven't looked, but if Svechnikov and Aho and are still eligible or but yeah, it'd be really interesting. And again, it uh, it's amazing how from. 2016, like that, the legacy of that still lives on. That team was so much fun. They were. At the time, I I had never seen a team play that fast and that skilled. You know, it was just a fun. It was just such a fun atmosphere. You know, so and yeah, it would be cool to see the next generation. But I mean, again, the sad thing about all this is that we have not seen Connor McDavid represent Canada yet. We haven't seen Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby play in the same team yet. Like that's kind of a travesty. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I well, this will be a, a topic for another podcast, but. I do think it's something now that the NHL should look into um, because, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it puts eyes on the product and I think it's just good for the game. So, And, you know, you got a player like McDavid at, and it's tough enough where he's, you know, playing in Edmonton to really, you know, he's not on the East Coast. So a lot of times, you know, those teams out West, they do get overlooked uh, and, you know, it's it's hard. There's no highlights. The games are on late on the East Coast. So it's really hard to, you know, kind of, you know, draw attention to to the casual fan, especially, you know, the more densely populated cities on the east. But, you know, that, that's just the nature of the beast. So if you're not going to have any, you know, the international tournaments being held where these NHL players can compete and play together and, you know, kind of grow the game that way. I mean, the fact that we just can't figure out anything consistent is just it's like whose fault is that, Andy? I mean, a lot, listen, a lot of it does fall on the, on the NHL. Uh, so it's Batman. You can say it. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's, again. yeah, it's, I think it's tough because I think, I think, in my personal opinion, I think Batman has done a good job with things that fans don't really take for granted for or don't realize in terms of at least 
you know, not that he programs once it's on. Obviously, the league has a say, but they're also at the the um, they're kind of at the mercy of their their partner in the deal in term whether that be uh, you know NBC Sports for the last few years and now ESPN and and uh, TNT. But um, yeah, obviously the like the outdoor games are have been a big success and a money maker for the league. Um, and yeah, I mean, prior to the pandemic, some of the the numbers for their their cup finals have been excellent. But uh, especially, they had a nice little sweet spot. It seemed between that kind of almost peaked right around Chicago winning their last cup. You know, the Rangers in the LA the year before, and then Chicago winning their last cup. They had a, I they really were in the sweet spot from it seems from twenty twelve until twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen, fifteen, and then things were kind of declining. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of just marking their stars, yeah, they've clearly done a horrible job. They think they just don't, you know, I don't know. They just don't like some, like the NBA gets it. I mean, you could see they're trying to, to now poach a lot of that stuff with the TNT panel and all this and just kind of letting them trying to let personalities out more. But again, it's still, we've seen so much blowback, you know, this is a, this is, I mean, you, when you have the Trevor's Egress goal. And then you have John Tortorella as a pundit saying he thinks it's bad, bad for the game. It's like, I mean, everyone knows it's a bad take, but these are still the people that are running the, you know, <laughs> running these sort of decisions and these sorts of things. You know what I mean? They still have, they're yeah, all I mean, former players and in a t- who come from a time where that would have been frowned upon. I mean, you just think of back, this is a league that when Yakupov got hyped and slid on his knees for scoring a big goal that people were outraged about it. Or when what's his face did that, that spin in the shootout did a little spinorama before going in on goal, they scored. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, oh well, man. Well, there's different. Like I mean, to get into a kind of like a league talk, you if you look out how the NBA is built, you have LeBron James has played on four, three teams. Yeah, three teams. Cleveland. He went to Miami, back to Cleveland, and then went to uh, L.A. He played on three teams. Kevin Durant has played on three teams, I think. You have yeah. Harden, who just, you know, well, you never know when he wants to move. So he, he's played on three, at least three teams that I know of. Um, look at, uh, oh, God, the guy who won it with Toronto. You know, um, excellent player, played for, plays for the Clippers now. Uh, you, you know, look at him. He's played, you know, he's played for multiple teams. Like, the best players in the NBA, like, they're not afraid to hop teams or, you know, ah, I don't feel like ownership's really going in the right direction. I'm bailing. I'm out of here. You know, you look at, you know, you look at a player like McDavid, he like he hasn't moved teams. Crosby's never moved teams. Like I, I, a part of me feels like I, I mean, I don't want this to be seen in the NHL, but a part of me feels like there's no drama. Like there's built up drama. There's hatred around the league for stars like LeBron James. I think just as many people hate him as they do love him. He he, you know, he stirs the pot. He causes drama. He's, you know, he's a crybaby. He's very emotional when he's out in the court. Um, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, people hate him for, you know, chasing rings and stuff like that. You don't have those narratives in the NHL. It's just, it doesn't exist. Everything, you know, you know, you look at the, the people that actually cover hockey. They, the only individual things that you see are like analytics this player has a goal for like no no one no one the casual fan doesn't give a shit about that like they want to know about 
is there drama between these two teams? Like even I thought there might have been a spark between Edmonton and Calgary, but that's not even really spoken about anymore. Um, you know, with that with the hit on it was Cassian or whatever. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like uh, until the NHL creates narratives and rivalries and they, you know, there's villains in the within the league like like who's the villain of the NHL? Like do we even have one? Uh, like we're, we're just a bunch of, we're a bu- we're a league of a bunch of good guys and that's boring and that's never going to sell. Well, so, yeah. And I mean, obviously it's like for at least and I, I can only speak about growing the game in the US cuz Canada is a different story, but Right, right. The, uh, yeah, the Battle of Alberta is great, but uh American fans aren't wa- getting to watch it. Um you know, Dowdy versus Kachuk is always fun, but again, you know, you don't get really get to watch it. And I think your point about uh, superstars in the NBA just constantly rotating and moving on and bringing help with them and forming super alliances, because it's basically good for the franchise. You know, if you look at where Brooklyn it's good was, for the whole league. yeah, look at where Brooklyn was prior to just having that off season, and now. You know, they're a marquee team in the league. Obviously, the Knicks have been terrible for a decade, but they're the Knicks, so they're always going to have eyes on them. So, so, you know, they're kind of more immune to maybe not having the that. But yeah, you just look at like whether it's LeBron, you know, with the Clippers, you know, then moving to the Heat and then, uh, you know, now it's not that the Lakers need any help either. But yeah, but to your point is that... uh it's good for the league that players will say, well, you know, I'm going to go play. So if you have a franchise, I feel like the franchises in the NBA that are down, it's not like you don't have Buffalo slash Arizona periods of, of being, you know, down that long. You might at least in, in a decade, you might at least have one or two more fruitful seasons. You know what I mean? Um, Again, obviously the Knicks have have only been have had one good season, but uh, yeah, but you know who knows like Sacramento or but yeah, even like you know teams like the Clippers, like like you said, just uh because players are more willing to move on and move around, and they're not it's not this like I was drafted, I want to retire here, even if it means I'm not going to win. Their players want to win. Period. They want they want the ring. So and. It's good for the league because it just has eyes all of a sudden. Now this franchise gets uh, has eyes on it. You know what I mean? And if I think that you know, I, uh, fans of those teams or even uh, people that live in the areas of those teams that maybe aren't fans, if they're all of a sudden their local team because now in the off season they got two superstars gets a you know gets a you know a marquee game on TNT, like they're gonna tune in. You know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's just, I think that's like you said, that's, that's probably the main difference is that there's just that the NBA caters to its players in a way that is mutually beneficial to them. Whereas everything with the way the, the NHL treats its players. I mean, you can just talked about what we were just talking about, giving them Olympic participation as a concession. And now they're probably all happy they don't have to pay up on it. You know what I mean? Just to help get them to sign an agreement for the return to to play protocols after the pandemic. And that's the biggest thing. I think the owners, the owners in the NBA know that the players are the ones that put the butts in the seats. Whereas 
this whole the you know the name on the front's bigger than the name on the back mentality in the NHL. It's like yes, obviously it's great to have a McDavid or uh, Ovechkin, and uh, you know, but again, there are some great superstars that don't like I, Andre, you know Alexander Barkov is a great great player, but. Has he really done much to change the the franchise fortunes or or the financial fortunes of the or the notoriety of the Florida Panthers? Nope, not really. And I I would say he's probably been a top five player in the league, low key for the last you know five years. But that being said, it just you know you can have less less dominant players in the NBA who are just eat but who have higher profiles and are charismatic or you know, have opinions or, or, or just, you know, more flashy and, and outspoken or out there and they just, they can move the needle more. So you know obviously the NHL needs, you know, you know what they need? They need, they need a flat earther. They need a Kyrie Irving <laughs> guy. That's like conspiracy theory. Like not, not, not I mean, like I feel like that's extreme, all right, but, but like a flat earther, like a story to break like that. Like, give me <laughs> someone, let's say I'm going to pick a team. That's kind of middle of the pack that will draw attention that there's hype around. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, from all I mean, we've all everyone's heard the rumblings that, you know, prior to that team getting broken up, that the Columbus Blue Jackets locker room was basically like, a you know, was like a QAnon super center. But uh, um, <laughs> so, yeah, hey, well, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe just uh, it's organization actually changing their name to like QAnon. Just like the Anaheim QAnons. Oh, my God. And, you know, and we sell it that way. Because there's something in the NHL kind of needs to change it. The, the, the Florida Freemasons. Yeah, the Florida Freemasons. We just full-blown <laughs> conspiracy theory. And each, like, city, like, you pick one. Like, let's, we can be the New York. Uh, the, the New York Coastal Elites versus. Coastal the- Elites. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Philadelphia Moon Landing. Um, yeah. Like we just pick, we pick one and yeah. like, and there's buzz around, you know, and then people, I feel like more people would be attracted because a lot of these teams, they don't have like, when you think of the LA Lakers right now, it's, it's LeBron James. You don't even say the Lakers. It's, oh man, is LeBron going to get to another championship? It's not even, will the Lake, can the Lakers get to a championship? It's like, can LeBron, you know? And yeah. And I feel like, you know, around the NHL, you know, really diehard hockey fans will say, Oh, you think McDavid will make the playoffs? You think McDavid will win a round? Like it, it's there is that, but you know the closest thing we have to it, Andy. I think personally is and this is like crazy is Austin Matthews, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Justin Bieber. Like there's a little hype around that. Well, it, you know it's funny because they were. I was listening to on uh, his, you know. Uh, Jeff Merrick has a radio show and he had his old pal Greg Wyshynski on. They were kind of talking about this and they said, you know, they were talking about Mark Messier and they kind of remembered when Mark Messier was in Madonna were an item for a hot minute in the, you know, in the early night. And remember, I mean, hockey, when the Rangers won the cup in 94 was especially in New York, it just seemed like a turning point for the NHL. And there was, you know, I think what on the cover of Sports Illustrated, it said, you know, has hockey is hockey poised to overtake basketball or something like as the hottest ga- game in town? You know what I mean? You, you had the New York Rangers. You had the their cup parade drew a million people when the Long Island Railroad was already shut down. 
and just excellent ratings and the, you know the whole country was watching even though they were playing a canadian team and it just seemed like hockey was about to step into the forefront at least or at least step to an equal footing with with uh, the the nba and of course in true hockey fashion not understanding the importance of the moment they have a lockout of the season because they're you know they're idiots um but you know uh, to get back to to messi you know he he's his profile is such that he's hooked to Madonna for a little bit. And we know, obviously, uh, you know, Wayne ended up marrying, uh, what's her face? Uh, Janet. What's her face? We, I know. who. Uh, I know her as Janet Gretzky. That's Janet Jones, excuse me. I know. That's what I'm saying. I knew her as Janet Gretzky. So, but it's very strange that not a single, and they were, this is what they were talking about on, on Wyshynski and Merrick, that not a single NHLer is linked to someone famous. Like you're telling me Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner is not dating like a TikTok influencer or something or like not a single like, you know, which is just kind of strange. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know what? Not that the, maybe that's the conspiracy we can get behind. <laughs> why are why do the NHLers not date anybody on TikTok? Like. You know, I, I honestly think like they're told not to. You know, I don't know if it's a thing where it's like. Obviously, hockey player on the the road a lot, but so are NBA players, and they have plenty of uh, there's plenty of power couples, right? In the NBA, um, yeah, it's just weird. Or, or you know, I honestly feel like power couples are down in almost every league. I just think it's one of those things where I feel like NBA, or or at least in the NFL, um, or not seeing at the NFL, the NHL. You know, I do the like the the sports wag is such a its own thing where I do think there is something where it's like, oh, then you're going to have to go to all the games and wear the, the studded jack and the team party. So I don't know if necessarily those players want someone who is, uh, you know, independently famous or more famous, which they most likely would be, because, again, the NA, the NHL, you know, Connor McDavid is walking around in New York City. I don't think unless you're really looking for him, I don't think he's it's going to draw a big crowds. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just kind of strange. It's very funny that I'm I'm trying to think again. You know, I know that like uh, Mike Fisher was with Carrie Underwood. Um, yeah, yeah. But that, other, than, other than that, like. But they were kind of boring. Well, you know, I mean, they were he's she's Nashville based country artist and he was playing for the Predators. Uh, then, yeah, I don't remember. I think one of. What's his face from the LA Kings dated a real housewife for a little bit <laughs> or something? Yeah, uh, you know what? Sean Avery did. He kind of stirred the pot a little bit. There yeah, was well, him. that's the thing. You know, your taste, especially if you're in New York, you know, you taste maker. But he was also outspoken and not afraid to, like, mix it up. And he was into fashion and all these other things because, you know, prior, uh, you know, prior to guys like Avery and Lundquist, I mean, looking where looking like now all the players want to look like nice in their nice suits but it, that was used to be frowned upon like they would almost look at, like you know if you didn't if you weren't wearing an oversized sh- suit that you got from like men's warehouse you know you would almost get like if you had like a really nice tightly cut european suit you were almost looked at like uh yeah it was kind of like who's this you know who, who do you think you are or like you know they thought it was like a feminine or something stupid you know and now but now it's like Everyone wants to look as dapper as possible. You know what I mean? So it just goes to show that this league is not far removed from uh, 
shunning on anything that shows individuality or prestige, you know. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. And since the NHL got rid of ties in 2005, you know someone's just going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, and you know, it's a shame because I feel like there are, the, per- the personalities are there, right? I think the real hockey fans know who the characters are around the league, um, you know, where the drama is. Um, what teams I think are vilified and which teams aren't. Although I, I, I do think compared to the NBA, we basically have no, no villains in terms of teams. Like, is there a team that you actually hate? Like, like as a Ranger fan, well, yes. you know, I feel you like, know, like Devils and Islanders, obviously, well, but well, for instance, everyone, as much people as obviously Tom Brady being one of the great, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. There's a lot of people that are like, I, he can't win another one. So de facto, whatever team he's on becomes the villain team. Obviously, everyone's like hates the Patriots for so long. Now, every, you know, it, everyone's just with Tampa Bay just don't, doesn't want Brady to keep winning. So there's that. Uh, you know, Tampa could three-peat, but does anyone really hate the Tampa Bay Lightning? No. And that's that's it's weird how it's they can. I mean, it's not it, I'm not saying it's anywhere near the same uh, amount of dominance as Tom Brady has had, but you know, it's you don't have any. It's not like you have any stacked teams, perennial like powerhouses that everyone loves to hate. You know what I mean? You don't have a Dallas Cowboys, no matter if they're good or bad, that everyone's just like, ugh, you know, holier than thou. Uh, I mean, obviously, if, I think Jay Fresh uh, on Twitter on social media had a poll of like the most about you know what who were the most despised fan bases, and obviously Toronto won because they're. You know, they're, a they're one of the largest fan bases, if not the largest fan base in the league, and they're insufferable no matter, <laughs> or at least it seems their fans come off. And this, I say this as a Ranger fan who knows that Ranger fans can, let's every fan of every team can come off as insufferable depending on the market size. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like if the league, if the Leafs were an elite team year in and year out, then maybe they could be like the evil empire of like obviously it's like this is our there's a sanctimonious this is our game and it's an ontario game and all this other stuff but um they're not though <laughs> they're 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 a joke if, if they can get out of the first round so yeah, yeah um it, yeah i don't know i don't i can't think of any you know there hasn't been a broad street bullies type team since the broad street bullies I mean, maybe you could even the flyers maybe with the legion of doom you were like oh man we're gonna get beat up tonight but uh yeah, no, I not not that I can really. There's one. Think there, of. Carolina Hurricanes did the surge storm after the game, and that was maybe the most drama the NHL has seen 
from <laughs> like a vilified team. But that's the while. thing. That's the thing is that like anything good that has ever happened to the NHL always happens organically. You know, it's Trevor Zegras scoring that goal in the game and just being himself. It's Carolina in- embracing the fact that uh, they're getting who was it that called them a bunch of jerks? Was it a, a, yet another uh, old hockey pundit called them a bunch of jerks or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just yeah. ran with it. Whereas the NHL's like, let's market our stars. All right, we're going to sit you in a room at Player Media Day. And we're going to ask you what your favorite Halloween candy was as a kid. And that's their idea of marketing their stars. And you're like, Jesus Christ, with these videos. Or you're going to sing Jingle Bells. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know. Or they get you- a dog. Like now that, like, yeah, everyone loves a dog. But listen, it, the team dog, that's over. Like a couple of teams are already done it. If you do one now, it's too late. What you need is, and you know, I, I, keep, I, I, I know I'm like joking here, but this, I'm kind of serious with this. They need to be like, okay, rank the Kardashians in order of which you would date first. And rank rank them all like they need questions like that they or yeah need- or play play this or that you know or yeah. it's you know like a date with this person or you know I don't and, know I don't know I just feel like like there's got to be there's got to be a couple players out there like the L.A. Kings you're telling me not one of them is that from what I've heard L.A. is overrun by just TikTok influencers none of them are dating an LA King. Like we need like a, like a couple and then a power couple out of Manhattan with the Rangers, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I do want, you have to wonder if Austin Matthews played for like the Blackhawks or the Bruins or the Rangers, you know, or the Kings. If Austin Matthews played for the LA Kings, he's a hundred percent dating someone at least pseudo famous. Right. I mean, you, he goes to all the parties with, Justin Bieber, so you know he's around every single celebrity in the world. Um, uh, I don't know. I just so what you're saying, Andy, and we can really just narrow it down here is that Canada is bad for hockey and the NHL. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously, on the one hand, it's it, you know there it's the fer- I guess the fervency and the like. Oh, this is our game. You know, mentality of. Uh, Canadian hockey yeah it's it's both the lifeblood and and the the slow death of the game I guess in a weird way you know obviously listen it's obviously important and they listen you can't help I don't necessarily think it's Canada's fault nobody watches baseball anymore (laughs) the old traditions of you know America's game it it, like it slowly fades you gotta be well I I, obviously I think if you look at the you know or the way uh that soccer or you know football around the world has you know keeps growing is that it's billed as the world's game you know it's like so you don't feel there's not tribalism around it and listen hockey has a lot to overcome in that it's a game that's played on ice with skates and you know every every country on earth has a a a path or a swath of ground which you can kick a ball or you can put up a basket and play basketball uh hockey is an expensive game to play and it's requires special conditions and lots of equipment and so there's things it's working against obviously but it's funny i feel like the nhl has if the nhl had spent and listen you obviously the fact that they've been able to with the with the expansion teams, the fact that Austin Matthews is from Arizona, 
and that you have players drafted out of California, which is mostly because of Wayne Gretzky coming to the LA Kings. Like this, obviously that's the league has done a good job with that, but most, I mean, it's, they have the fact that they've been so anti going to the Olympics where, you know, especially going to China, which is a big growth potential for them outside of playing one exhibition game for a preseason game. Like these, these are the thing. These are, these are the seeds that you plant and then you come back in 15, 20 years. And then it's, you have a fruitful, uh, forestation. You know what I mean? Those are the things that I think the league has done a, a maybe not such a good job in investing in their global reach, you know, cause obviously you're always going to have, you know, obviously you still have your Nordic countries and Russia and, and, you know, um, Eastern European countries that will have hockey and will be part of the, you know, they'll have this, has their various leagues where it's played, but just doing it in Latin America, you know, in Africa and like other parts of Europe and in Asia, like, yeah, I think that's the, the thing. And everyone talks about the sanctity of the hockey sweater, not wanting to put, um, you know, logos on it. But meanwhile, there are, you want to talk about that, but there are NBA uh, jerseys that have logos on it and, and European soccer jerseys that have logos all over it. And if you, sh- if you hung a, a Rangers jersey next to, you know, a Manchester United jersey and a, a Boston Celtics jersey, they're not going to know the Rangers jersey, even though it doesn't have a, a look, anything on it except the Rangers logo. You know what I mean? So you want to talk about prestige, which has more prestige. So, right. I, but again, I, these I, are, these are, these are, you know, bigger, you know, bigger picture things. And it's funny. I, I think we, you and I have recorded this. The NHL doesn't have enough personality, multiple podcasts, multiple times <laughs> on since we've started the show. And again, I, it just, it, it continues to be the most prevalent problem in the league. Cause obviously we were always talking about trying to make the game faster and this and that, but I still love watching hockey and I enjoy it. And yeah, obviously you always want to make little tweaks to make it a more fun game, but uh, I think it's biggest problems are, 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 are off the ice. If that makes any sense. I no, I, I completely agree. I think the on ice product is excellent. And I, I think, you know, you know, I, I think the league prides itself though on looking at oh look at Florida the Florida Panthers are competitive. This is we're doing a great job here. It's like you guys, that's not what that's not what the league really needs. That's yeah. not helping anything. Like I understand the warm weather markets like Tampa and Florida are doing great and you wanna, you know, pat yourself on the on the back like, oh look at Anaheim, you know, the Trevor Zegris goal. It's like that's not the problem. The problem is that if you want this league to gain traction and build fan, and I, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that are just shaking their head at me, but you need off-ice drama. And you need a player to step up and be like, my, this organization, organization shit, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of packing my bags and leave. Like, you, you kind of need that. Or you need someone to actively say, listen, I'm trying to win a championship here. I don't see it happening. Uh, you know, I want to be traded to a competitive team. Like, and I know that's like, you know, you'd be turned into the antichrist of the NHL if you actually said or did that. But to be honest with you, that's what you need. You know, you to have a good plot, you need a great villain. You need the heroes. You know, you you need someone like that. You need a player like that. You need a team built around that narrative. That's what's going to sell the NHL. And they just, I feel like 
the people that are in control of this league, uh, the people that are doing the analyzing on TV and the NHL network, it's always just the same stuff every year, you know, and, and you know, there's just, there's not enough drama as much as like the old school NHL fan hates it. If you want the game to grow, if you're happy with the game and how it is right now, and it's, it's just be second tier, you know, in the sports world, that's fine. But if you want the game to really grow and hit its peak, you're going to need the off ice drama to start. And, you know, it, you know, it just starts with, you know, I know it's, it's like, but Eichel, like, that's a perfect example. You know how many people probably were like, what's what's going on with this Eichel guy? What, like, why is it? You know how many people have came come up to me and said to me, like, oh, who's this Jack Eichel? And like, why is he one out of Buffalo so bad? And it's like, well, let me tell you a story. You got, you know, you got an hour. Like, yeah. you know, that's how it starts. Like people are interested in that stuff. You know, drama sells. No, you're absolutely right. And again, just the whole, that whole saga with Buffalo not trusting him as recourse for what he wants to do. Because as if he wants to, to be an ineffective player the rest of his life, not letting him get that surgery and how long that dra- dragged on is just, it just kind of shows how the NHL views their players as, you know, it's listen, and I'm not saying the NBA doesn't have a, maybe a, their, their teams don't have a messed up view of their players. <laughs> they, they definitely see them as nothing more than uh, dollar signs, but at least they understand that it's mutually beneficial to, for them to take care of their players and showcase their players. And then they, maybe they wouldn't be in a situation like Buffalo that, you know, since Eichel's been unhappy since he's been there, or Tavares eventually leaving the Islanders, or all these things where you've had maligned players just leaving there and like being disenfranchised because they feel like whether you want to say it's GM incompetency or owner incompetency or, you know, the complications of the salary cap or the way it's frowned upon to leave your have players leave. You know what I mean? Because I, I mean, yeah, it's just there's so many. I feel like the no trade clause is such a or the 10 team no trade is such a bigger deal in the the NHL because there's like there's some flat out markets are like, I do not want to play there. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Whereas like, yeah, in the NBA, you want to be competitive. But I think it's if there's a if if they were like, okay, this is a competitive place or or cat, you know, let's say like Carl Anthony Towns is already there. Like, I'll play there. You know, even if it's like Charlotte and you're just like, oh, you know what? Like they're, if, if this person's already there, their competitive team, then they'll go. But they're like, uh, you know, they're like Edmonton has Connor McDavid. I don't give a crap. Like, I don't want to move to Edmonton. And that's just what they've built up because it's almost not just the mindset of, of the N- the NHL player is so different. You know, it's about. Yeah, to them, there's there's more about loyalty and I don't know, and just. Yeah, it's just not it's just their priorities seem kind of a little different. So whereas I like I said, and that's speculation on my part, but uh, yeah, again, this is just so many ways to say that at the end of the day, um, <laughs> the NHL just needs to do needs to give in more to their players because, you know, Trevor Zegras did something fun and silly on the ice and it got more it did more for, you know, hockey than the league has done for itself in what, two or three years. When was the last time NHL was on Sports Center? You know, yes, obviously now they're on ESPN, but like, you know, you have uh, who was it? Uh, Michael, um, who was from Creed? What's his What's his face? No, oh. 
Anthony, uh, Michael B. Jordan tweets out, yes. like, I've never watched hockey, but this is awesome about Trevor Zegers' goal. You know what I mean? Right. And now right. all of the people, you know, everyone's a Michael B. Jordan fan. So now they're all watching the clip, too. You know what I mean? And that's just that's the thing. And yet this is the, and the same. And literally on the same day, you have John Tortorella on an NHL produced thing, you know, show, you know, and yes, everyone knows it was a bad take, even the other people in the show. But these are it's just kind of symptomatic that you literally have some someone who's supposed to represent, you know, present hockey to the masses saying, oh, I don't know if this is good. Like, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's just it's just so reflective of what the problem the NHL is dealing with and that they say they want things to be better. And whether it's this or it's just progress in terms of, you know, with with health and mental health or, you know, equality for the players and discrimination all of it it's all at the end they're fighting an uphill battle because they say they want to change it and then but there's still all these weird mindsets and people in place that don't really want it to change or deep down or they just still value this over that you know what i mean or think this is bad or this is you know it's more hey at the end of the day it's more about the team and and you know keeping your mouth shut and just digging it so you know and obviously the when you when we mention you know I think when you think about some of the greatest hockey players in history, obviously you think of guys like Mario and Wayne, but again, those are obviously two of the biggest players ever, or at least two of the more, you know, most productive legendary players ever. But you also, you know, you think of, I think of Rhett Hall before I think of guys who were maybe better players overall, but just weren't as flashy, loud personalities. You know what I mean? Just they were more out there. They're more prevalent. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. And, you know, it's just I, I, I agree with you exactly where you're coming from. I think I think there's there's a fear of what the league could turn into. But, uh, you know, I, I think the league is going to have to ch- like you're, it's going to have to change. Like if, if you're going to like there shouldn't be a, there's the biggest drama around the league shouldn't be is the Arizona Coyotes going to pay their rent for their ice rink like that's that we don't need that we need like like oh my god like you know so-and-so's dating so-and-so like and then he dumped her like there's like that kind of stuff i know it's crazy we'll get more fans than or more you know clicks of highlights and just you know than what you actually think you know it's just I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's, I know it's kind of scary to like want the NHL to turn into the NBA, but I feel like there's a healthy way to do it and kind of create controversy and drama that sells the game uh, and not just so be so reliant on, you know, you need, you know, people love sportsmanship. They love, you know, they love this. They love that. I'm not saying players need to go hurt each other, but you know, there need to be comments after the game. We need, personal attacks on you know there needs to be rivalry you know i yeah you know, I, I mean I need- not to cut you off but obviously for everyone who complains about Stephen a smith like right there's a really reason that guy's making 25 million dollars <laughs> a year like you know and it's not because he's some genius sports analyst it's just that you know his takes are hot he's not afraid to just say stuff even if it's nonsense and you know i, I don't know i feel like in the nhl you kind of need you need that, you know, that's yeah. why I like, I don't like as much as like Chicklets is great. 
they kind of it's the same stuff every single time like, well and that's here's the thing chicklets is good and it has great. definitely it is has. good it is i mean well I'll say, i'll say this when i say good i mean it it is it has feels, helped the proliferation yes. of hockey fandom but at the end of the day everyone involved are hockey fans or hockey people and so it, it becomes a bit of an echo chamber it's right. good because it is obviously more organic than what the league puts out, right? Because there is that element of fandom to it. But that being said, there is something to be said about, you know, just there, it doesn't, it's still not, doesn't just tap into the mainstream because it's, it's, it's something that's still built upon the foundation of fourth line forever for the boys you know uh yes de- golf and 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 uh, you know skull can of skull in your pocket it's it's hockey you know what i mean which is and say what you want about Stephen a smith it's not he's not synonymous with basketball or football or he's synonymous with Stephen a smith you know what i mean that's and that's the i think the biggest difference is that the nhl's biggest th- hurdle is that they need to find a way to yeah, they should. They shouldn't be afraid of opening up their game to outside influence, which is seems to be their biggest fear, you know. Or they say they want to, and they want to be embraced in a way. And even you see a bunch of brands. You see, I saw a commercial on Instagram for targeted ad for Bauer Gear, where it's like, you know, they always do this it's like time to bring our game to the masses, and like this is our barn and my Bauer, and then it's like Sherwood is doing collaborations with like, you know, a streetwear company in this. And I that listen, that stuff's good, but. You know, and that's why I hope that uh, especially we we start to see, you know, even an even greater influx of, you know, African-American and African-Canadian players into the the NHL. I hope that Quentin Byfield is a star. I hope that Keandre Miller becomes a big star in New York. I hope that Justin Sordiff uh, and Anthony Duclair, like, become big stars and, you know, for the the Panthers. Like, yeah, you this is good for the, this is usually doesn't watch the NHL. Like it that that grows that grows the audience, and that's another thing. That's like obviously hockey in Harlem has been going on for the Rangers for such a long time, and it's important because just the NHL needs to do a better job. And listen, I'm sure that they do a lot of community outreach, but they need to do more it's flat out for uh, for for girls hockey, for hockey for you know underprivileged areas. Like they just need to do more because that's where. The growth potentials are in the places, the places that are currently priced out, or 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 cultured out, or excluded from, you know, the game currently. Because travel hockey for anyone kid trying to make the NHL is ridiculous. It's like what you know, it's a good seven grand to ten grand or something just well, for and, a season. And like another thing that people don't realize, like. Like, all right, they have these programs, you know, in, in, in Manhattan and in the inner cities and, and, you know, that's great and all. But like you said, like there's no just when I see those programs, you know, it's it's great that they do it. But I'm like, for me, I'm like, how much growth does that actually bring? Because the next step is say a kid is interested in playing hockey. Do they ever like do they follow through like? Do they ever say, you know what, we'll pay for you to, you know, go to Chelsea Pierce? Like, where is the kid going to play hockey in, if he lives in Manhattan? Like, yeah, once only he, certain, well, and that's the time is 
outrageous than Manhattan. Well, that's another thing, James. And as someone who plays men's league in this area and lives in this area, it's ridiculous. There are no, there's like nowhere to play right now because Alaska rink, which is, is the, I think the biggest rink for hockey in Harlem's currently under, has been under renovations for the last two years. Uh, Chelsea Piers is, but you're basically priced out by, you know, a bunch of corporate guys who, who have run domination over men's league there. And unless you know someone in finance or whatever, you're not going to pull get ice time there. Unless it's and, 2 a.m. Yeah, they were going to build. Mark Messier was going to build that that uh, that uh, complex in the Bronx that was going to have, which would have been great, I think, for hockey in that area. But the city kind of shut them down. Where was the NHL stepping in and being like, you know, no? I and from what my understanding, it was like the it was one of those things where Mark had investors in place and they the city was like show us the money and it was one of those things where the investors were like no we'll give you the money when you have if you get the green light so it was kind of like he had said once said i have the investors you just need to give me the okay in writing and i will give you the money or we can get you the money but it was a, then it was like a good faith thing and they weren't willing to go with that so but just having something like that in the bronx would probably have been huge because then you'd have a complex that had eight sheets of ice you know that were for hockey 24/7 basically You'd have one just dedicated to uh, league games, one just dedicated to stick and puck, one just dedicated to drop in, you know, so like one just dedicated for practices. So, yeah, that those I think the league needs to do better job subsidizing because I, th I think I was reading an article a while about, you know, it's like Adam Silver's legacy as the commissioner of the NBA. And I think one thing people didn't talk about because, you know, listen, there's obviously you see a lot of in New York, you see a lot of public basketball courts. He has done the amount of court and listen, granted, it is much easier slash cheaper to build a basketball court, but the yeah. amount of money that he is him and the NBA has put into building basketball courts. And yes, obviously, it makes more money as a league, but just percentage of their total revenue is astronomical compared to what the, the, the NHL, how many ice rinks they've helped commission or helped build. Outside yeah. of having like Craft Hockeyville, where that you you submit a submission and they'll like fix up your old rink. And right. yes, again, I understand there's city zoning. There's elect. It, it requires electricity. Yes, it's harder and it's more expensive. But their biggest thing is they they have to subsidize it because if they're not, then you're not. That next generation is not unless they're born into the right set of circumstances. And like you said, it's great that you have a, a you get, a, a get your dip your toes in the water type programs around the country that's great but then like you said if a kid has promise and they're in an area it's like oh wow you're the best player and you you're you're ready to make move up the ladder yeah, well we're done with you well good luck good yeah. luck you know Does go get a second we'll have a team like are you fun like maybe you know the rangers should you know sponsor a high school team like you don't even have like like do these kids even have a high school to go play with do they have uh, a travel team in the area. I know, like the ch they have the you know the Chelsea Piers. They have the Cyclones out of there, but like I, I don't know. Are they even? And, and that place is not even that great, and it's not easy to get to, and it's just it's super expensive. And I just feel like once these kids hit teenager, like it becomes such a problem to play the game of ice hockey that it's not worth it. Like there are cheaper options now. I will say there is another way, another route that you could go. And it might not be totally parallel to your sport, but certainly, you know, it, it can run along the same lines if, if you really, you know, do a good job. And that's, you know, selling the game of roller hockey. 
You know, I mean, look at, you know, Joe Mullen, who started the playing on, on rollerblades and, and became a 500 goal scorer, one of the best Americans that ever played the game. And he played half his life growing up just playing roller hockey and then got into ice hockey a little bit later. He didn't start when he was eight years old or six years old. Oh, I fell in love with the game. I started it. Like, build roller hockey rinks. That's easy. It's the same thing as building an, uh, uh, an, you know, uh, a basketball court. You can certainly build a roller hockey rink and start, you know, get kids on rollerblades. You know, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's cheaper. It's easier. It's just as fun. I think kids would have a blast playing roller hockey. You could play it anywhere. You can throw it on and play in the street. Uh, you know, I don't recommend it in, in Manhattan, but, you know, <laughs> there's certain, you know, streets that you could definitely play on. And, and, you know, there's different courts that you could play on. You could play on a basketball court if you really wanted to. And, you know, and. Even like when I was younger and I'm playing with my buddies, you don't need a goal. You don't need boards. You don't need any of that stuff. You just need a ball, you know, uh, or a puck or a roll of tape. And, you know, you just pass around, shoot around, and you put, you know, a rock and a traffic cone as your goal. And, you know, that that's it, man. Like, it, it just, there's different options to go. And I feel like the NHL just does the same thing every single year. All these programs that they have, I don't really think they even grow the game. It's just they have them to have them. So they say they, you know, have something to pat themselves on the back. But if there's no growth and there's no other option after these, you know, camps, then what's the point? And, you know, I'm not saying get rid of them because they're just worthless. But I'm saying, like, don't you think these kids and deserve another option, deserve an outlet and deserve something? feel like maybe roller hockey would be a better option since it is cheaper. It's just as fun. And, you know, who knows? You can get someone to transfer from roller hockey to ice hockey, I think, than someone just being like, okay, I'll try ice hockey. I don't know. No, Call I think you're right. And again, I don't think there's any reason why the NHL should at there be a f- in f- you have 50, you know, 50 some odd states in the U.S. I think in every state in the U.S., and hell, even in every province in Canada, I think for they should have the NHL should sponsor not even the local team. I think the NHL should sponsor a have a youth program, and I think someone you know maybe the, each year the best player from each program that's moving up should get should get a a, spon- a subsidy or a sponsorship or something to help them take the step from that whatever that youth program is to the next level, whether it's you know travel hockey or competitive hockey. Or whatever, or source them from all. You know, I just like you said, because once you know, just exposing people is great and it's nice, but that's not, especially again, where hockey's biggest, uh, biggest, yeah, their their biggest hurdles the fact that it's so expensive to play between uh, the all the equipment you need and constantly growing out of your equipment and just travel and rink costs. You know, again, it's it's just it is what it is. It's the nature of a hockey and what you need. You need the skates. You need sticks. Sticks break. You outgrow your skates. You know, you need new pads. Uh, ice. You know, it's expensive to maintain a sheet of ice. You know, especially well, here, where like at where least in Ontario, where every couple blocks there's a public rink. Here, you know, I live in New York City right now, and and I think two out of the three rinks are out of commission. And unless you're, you know, someone or it's just there's a waiting list to get into play to even to play like league games, you know, as a, as a beer league washout. So it's just ridiculous. 
Yeah, I mean, even where I grew up, you know, I grew up in an area where there was like four high school teams, right, in our whole entire section that played like actual like four state championships in ice hockey, and three of the four had the same home rink, like because there's just no like there's no option, and the only reason that the other team had their own rink was because they played out of West Point, which you know where Army hockey plays. And they were lucky enough to get that rink as their home rink. But other than that, there was just one other rink. And that's where everyone played. And like, you know, like people, it's just, it's not, it's not an attractive game right now. And I know it's expensive and I know it's not cheap, but there's ways to grow it, you know, and it, you, you got to get creative. And I just feel like we're everything right now. And this is to be the last thing I say on it. it just. Everything is stale right now with this game. And if you want it to grow, if you want, you know, outreach, you got to get creative. And, you know, you and I shouldn't be the ones, you know, coming up with the the brilliant ideas over a podcast. Like the NHL should have these people. Like, where are they? Like, step up, do something like, you know, there should maybe an NHL, you know, they used to have NHL breakout for roller hockey. You know, I don't even see that anymore. Like, or at least the NHL doesn't even put it up on Instagram or, or, or Twitter or anything like that. So, you know, maybe they should, you know, look back at what they did during, you know, the nineties that, you know, where the NHL game seemed to be a little bit bigger and there was more outreach. Um, Cause right now they don't do anything. Yep. Well said. And again, you and I could, uh, we could brainstorm for hours, but the point still stands that the league in the next few years here is going to have to start just do more and start getting more creative and embrace you know the trevor zegresses of the world um because that's basically going to do more for your game than like i said you know getting everyone at at your media sponsored media day to sing songs or talk about their favorite christmas toy they ever got that type of stuff you know like actually letting things happen organically and show them let them show their personalities unencumbered how they want to, you know? So, um, yeah. So went a little long with this one, but again, a lot to, to rant about. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed their Christmas world juniors, uh, officially we're recording this on Sunday. So world junior starts today. The New York Rangers have four prospects there. Dylan Garand will be Canada's starting goaltender for this tournament, which is awesome. Uh, Will Cooley is also on team Canada. He'll be, probably slotting in and out on the fourth line as a, you know, a big body, especially the games where he might sit for the games versus lesser competition. But I assume if they play against uh, some of the more high octane uh, teams, they'll want his physical presence there. So he'll probably slot in there. Uh, you know, Brett Berard is slotting in on the first line with Beniers and whoever I guess is playing on the other wing uh, for Team USA. Um, and then uh, Kai Vesanen will be playing for Finland. So all in all, the Rangers have four prospects going to the tournament. Uh, so that's awesome. And yeah, it's a, it's a fun tournament always. You know, keep your eyes on Matt Vemichkov for uh, uh, Team Russia and Connor Bedard for Team Canada, who are both draft eligible next year and both have the chance to be uh, some of the best. <laughs> you know, they'll both be in the gunning for first overall pick in 2023. 20, uh, and have you know the possibility to be the two next superstars with a capital S in this league. So that'll be a lot of fun. 
Uh, the tournament's a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, I guess even though there's no NHL hockey right now, you still have the World Juniors. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. And yeah, we'll see all of you on uh, Wednesday. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.